Welcome into the Esports Network podcast, talking anything and everything related to esports, whether that's the games, the industry, the players involved, the coaches, the executives, everything in between. And here to kind of help explain uh, what's been happening in his little realm, as he's done all these things before and then some, let's talk to Wade Penfold, a.k.a. Dreadnought. He's a former Hero of the Storms pro, now also a former commentator, I guess still current commentator, we'll say that, leave that on hiatus for now. But currently, his big-time focus role is being the VP of esports over at Wisdom Games. And uh, Wade, thank you for coming on the show, man. I appreciate you taking time. But as I'm sure your busy, busy schedule got a plate full with the, with the news uh, coming up that you guys are, are involved in Halo. So I'm, I'm sure you're happy to get, talk about that. And I mean, just thank you so much for hopping on the show. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. You know, um, honestly, I've done you know a few interviews in the past and everything, but never in this current role. Uh, so this is the first time I'm really formally doing that. So it's really exciting and a genuine honor and pleasure. So thank you very oh. much for having me. Well, I'm honored to have you on the show for the first time as the VP of esports. And so, in case you don't know, Wisdom Gaming, of course, based out of uh, Minneapolis, Minnesota, that that whole the great northern uh, esports ecosystem that's developing up there. And if Wade is kind of heading the esports uh, division, making things uh, you know run you know like a tight ship and part of that tight ship uh, is purchasing a halo championship series slot with uh, t- uh from t- well, i guess push and p and unsigned talent were the two main elements of, of this current torrent squad this new torrent squad that as of time of this recording we'll see play uh, in anaheim this upcoming weekend and obviously when this releases it'll be a little bit later but before we get to those big news i, I kind of want to talk to you a little bit first kind of get a little bit of background on you and kind of you know show people what you're all about and and, and explain this current role this current career career path for you. So, I mean, talk me through this journey. You, know, you, you become the, the VP of esports at Wisdom. You know, you you previously were, of course, like I mentioned, Heroes of the Storm Pro, became yeah. commentator, host for various esports scenes, not just uh, Heroes of the Storm. Obviously, I've heard you on Rocket League streams before. I've heard you on a bunch of things. And so talk me through this journey where you kind of became this executive, I guess, for lack of a better word. Uh, yeah, so uh, I played Heroes of the Storm, as you've highlighted, for Tempo Storm. And basically the first opening like two to three years of Heroes of the Storm, uh, I was the in-game leader, team captain, and like main strategic leader um, when it came to my roster as a whole. Uh, we had a lot of success as a team, and it was super, super dope. And then after the World Championship, we ended up, uh, I ended up stepping down and then transitioning over to more of a commentator, content creator, and like coaching role uh, for not only teams, but also specifically individuals like anybody who uh, watched my Twitch channel. If you wanted coaching, that was something I was willing to provide. Um, but I primarily focused on the commentating and hosting elements and then went on to commentate the entirety of the HGC, the formal professional circuit that came out later um, and then transitioned into games like Apex Legends, basically the entirety of things the first year. You probably hear my voice over top of it um, and certain events and circuits within the Rocket League ecosystem. For instance, the DreamHack Pro circuit uh, was something that I was very much involved in. And then about, um, I would say, late 2019, I think, roughly, I started consulting at Wisdom before I was uh, fortunate enough to be able to join the team in early 2020. Um, And that is where I started as a content manager, primarily focusing on some of our initiatives within Heroes of the Storm and specifically teamfight tactics. Um, And as we began to grow and expand and kind of develop ourselves as a company, eventually an esports org initiative seemed like it was something that was very clear in our path. And uh, our CEO ended up deciding that that was the direction we're going to go. And he asked me to be a part of it. And now, fortunately, it's uh, my primary focus and initiative here um, at Wisdom. 
And for sure, you guys have done a huge amount of growth in this esports uh, industry. Besides, obviously, just putting teams out there, and, and you know, I think what Rainbow Six is one. You have a bunch of teams spread out across this industry, so you guys are really kind of coming into your own. I'm sure you have a lot on your plate lately. So, talk me through that. What does a day in the life of the VP of esports look like? I'm sure you're on phone calls constantly, trying <laughs> to manage uh, players, harangue content creators, all that stuff. What does it look like for you on your end of things? Yeah, uh, it's definitely too many meetings and conference calls and things of the like, as you've highlighted. Um, but on a more serious note, uh, it's primarily just really sticking and working with my team and understanding what's going really right, what might be going wrong, what are some challenges we have today, what are the challenges we have this week, and what are the challenges kind of of this quarter, right? And ensuring that we have an understanding of how to approach those things, how to tackle them, and have like actionable things to execute on. Um, and really just dealing with the chaotic landscape of esports every single day that it happens. You know, things are always changing. It seems like the esports landscape uh, timeline is just much shorter than anybody else uh, in any other industry. And it's really just trying to deal with whatever may come our way and making sure that we're sticking to dealing with those problems, but also sticking to our game plan and our strategy at hand. Um, and that's really it is just making sure that they all have it covered, that we have what it takes and uh, we execute effectively. For sure. And you guys have done a great job of that in, in, in recent days. And I, I guess like you, you obviously have a huge background of to kind of pull some, some, some thoughts from pull some strategies from, exactly how helpful if you can quantify it at all it's really hard I, yeah. I can assume to kind of how helpful was that experience from being a pro player from being an in-game leader to moving into you know uh, content creation commentating hosting uh into consulting and now in your current role how helpful is all of that moving into this role with wisdom i would say it is absolutely critical uh, to be honest and i think almost every single layer of it i would feel, i would argue a priority list i think player and content creator are probably one and two of the most impactful elements and then commentator was fruitful in some capacity but i would say maybe i lean on my experiences there a little bit less uh, but it's primarily just one because a lot of the individuals i work with speak with and uh kind of uh, you know, try to help promote their careers. A lot of the problems, things that they experience on a day-to-day -day basis, fortunately enough, I went through in some capacity or another, right? Like I haven't experienced the entirety of all the challenges of what a big streamer may be facing, uh, but I've probably gotten a taste of it and tried to overcome it at some point in my own personal past. And so being able to lean on some of those things and like, you know, when it comes to rosters and teams, understanding what are problems that teams face, both common and uncommon, and what does it take to build a championship level roster? What does it take to be able to win? What is good practice scheduling, communication, interpersonal dynamics? Like like all of those things are absolutely critical to my position today. And I genuinely do not think I would be even the slightly like I don't believe I would even be slightly effective at my position if it were not some of those experiences within the landscape. Man, that's that's great to hear because it's not often you to hear like your boss also is in your position at some point. Now your boss, you know, the person above you who kind of is in charge of how you do things was also in your in your in, in those same positions. So I'm sure that lends itself a lot to kind of be a little bit more trustworthy to you in your in your job and kind of help along the process and how things get strategized further down the road. You know, so um, I, I'm curious. So what is one lesson you can take away from your past that like you look at it at it today? You're like, man, I am so extremely thankful 
thankful that I, I learned that either the hard way or the easy way, or I learned through somebody else and then they kind of passed it on through word of mouth. What's one thing yeah. that you like were extremely thankful you learned early on in your esports career? I would say, I mean, there's a, there's a really good question. Um, and I feel like my hot take answer is maybe not going to be the one that I, later tonight I look at and I go, Ooh, that, that's the one I should have <laughs> said. But the one that jumps out to me at first glance, I think is, in teams, and I mean this both in a competitive and like even work environment and really just life as a whole, when working effectively with human beings, it is absolutely critical to be comfortable and vulnerable enough and trustworthy enough to have the challenging and tough conversation and not take your problems and sweep them under a rug. And I think that started with the kind of competitive dynamic and what it takes to build a great team is like, it's so very easy to assume that because you don't address a concern or a challenge point or a problem you're all facing, that suddenly that means it doesn't exist. Um, and how often those things come back to bite you in the butt because you failed to look at it and go, this is something we need to overcome and express. It's a lot easier to dismiss those things. So understanding that one, they are significant and they do matter, not just in the moment at which they happen, but in your success into the future and being comfortable enough and trying to establish an environment that will promote communication and conversations around those things that leave everybody walking away feeling like they have grown either as an individual or at least when it comes to understanding uh, that problem at hand. I mean, you guys pretty much, this is something that I, I always ask just to be, just to be curious because it's, it's such an interesting question for a lot of people to kind of focus on. And so to hear your answer, it's a little bit different than a lot of other VPs and, you know, EVPs have, have explained to me before. And it's so the fact that, um, people kind of lose sight of that at times, it's, it's important to realize that this is, you know, it's a, it's a team based, uh, game in more ways than one, you know, across yeah. the, the, the organization. So, uh, and speaking of, you know, being a team game, to Halo Infinite. I'm, I'm not, not going to bury the lead here. We're going to talk about the big news of uh, of yesterday or today, I suppose, is Torrent moving into Halo Infinite. I mean, this. I'm sure this was something you were thinking about for a while, right? Talk me through the process of looking and scouting for available teams, available players. How did you decide on, on teams? How did you decide when was the right time to make a move? Because HCS came out, I guess, uh, officially on that November kind of open beta yeah. access and then fully released in December with their with their kickoff major out of rally north carolina what were you guys looking for in the meantime i know you guys weren't involved yet but i'm sure you were you know you were chopping at the bit to get involved yeah we very much were um i think like the first formal moment where we were very aware that that it was something we wanted to do as an organization was uh specifically when i think like q3 of last year we saw the hcs roadmap come out right and the amount of thought and like cognitive effort that went into the development of the ecosystem and some of the improvements that we had seen from some of the past halo landscapes was the very clear okay let's do this um because we everybody at tournament has some history in the halo franchise it is a huge game a huge franchise with a very deep community right i mean even so much so that like literally my name dreadnought though not spelled the exact same way is actually derived from halo 2 mm -hmm. the game that got me into esports itself so it was a genuine honor and pleasure to like know that there was an opportunity in the halo landscape kind of coming out in a more uh recent past and we wanted to find a way to be able to get involved um and so once we saw that roadmap we were ready to go and then at that point it was really just understanding what's the best way to enter, right? Like what's the best group of individuals to be able to work with and who should we be going with? And um, 
we kind of sat back, really studied the landscape because it is such a storied franchise and esport landscape. A lot of rosters were already, you know, already signed with a different group of individuals. So it was like, where do we want to go and who do we want to find? And we wanted a little bit of experience within the landscape, but hopefully to find some new blood at the same time as well to really challenge uh, the excitement that is Halo Infinite. It is in the same vein, but not quite the same game of past Halos, right? And so we wanted to get a little bit of column A and column be there the experience but also the new blood in the space and we felt like we really found that when it came to the roster that was unsigned talent um and now is now torrent um and so i think they have a lot of the core components of what it takes to be a great team primarily honestly around their communication as i already highlighted i think that's a very very important thing for a team and they have a very solid feedback loop system for themselves for being such a young group both in their individual experience and them as an individual roster um and that's what made them such an exciting opportunity when we ended up finding them and uh they were able to perform so well within the top 16. so how did those first talks kind of uh, kind of start between you guys and the, the unsigned talent squad i mean i'm sure it wasn't just like hey man uh let's just uh we sign you guys. You guys say yes. Cool. I'm sure it's not as simple as that. There were probably some some back and forth. How did those? How did that process work out between both sides? Yeah. So uh, we originally got in contact with them and started having communications. And uh, honestly, the original squad that we spoke with is not the final one that we ended up with. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was some roster changes that they had ended up making, and I think that they were probably for the best for all involved. Um, And so once some of those roster changes came in, we kept up our communication, gauged whether or not those changes were fruitful for everybody because it was, again, down to communication and team environment. And I think the team naturally selected individuals that were very, very beneficial for them. And to see that level of maturity and who they were scouting and trying to work with and then ended up working with them and then still sustaining the same level of results was very, very impressive. Um, And the thing that really caught our eye originally with unsigned talent is the original roster was only three-fourths completed. And even with an exchanging fourth player at four events in a row, they were able to sustain top 16 qualifying results. And the fact that you were able to achieve that almost regardless of who the fourth was, not taking away from those fourth players, they're great competitors, Mm -hmm. and I'm sure they're going to do well in the landscape. But the fact that that could be ever-changing and them outperform a lot of these open teams that were sticking together for some time, to me, was like these guys have something special, right? They have that X factor, if you will. And so taking the core components there and finding a better environment for them a little bit later, I think with some of their peers that they are now with, um, made it a very, very easy choice for us to want to go ahead and work with them. I'm sure for you, for somebody with your experience, you're like, I don't want to play games. I, I, I can appreciate the maturity level of these guys. And so that's something I'm sure you resonated with you personally. And so, I mean, these guys are still younger and in uh, the spectrum kind of for, for pro players, at least. What was the reaction from them once it became official, right? Once it was like contracts are signed, everything is good to go. And obviously, what was your reaction to being able to to net a new team for Halo in in, in the torrent landscape? Yeah, I mean, you know, I don't want to necessarily speak on their behalf 100%, but, you know, I think the vibes were very high uh, for the most part when the signing came in on their end. A lot of them, uh, some of them have professional experience in the past and it's like you know another gig that being said that support i think is something that they're very appreciative of for some this is their first time ever um and i think for them it even meant that much more right the validation of achieving your goal which for many of them is to have the opportunity to be supported in a way that they can commit to a game full-time uh is 
a once in a lifetime opportunity, right? You only kind of get it once. And so I think for them, it meant a lot um, on behalf of Torrent. And like for us, what it meant to work with this roster, honestly, it meant a lot because one, we all love Halo and we wanted to find ways to be able to get involved. As I've highlighted, we have super interest and a lot of background within the Halo landscape. Uh, but then Again, based on what the team was able to achieve as individuals and the choices and decisions that they made and showing some of those positive trends and signs of what it might take to become a truly great team, to get an opportunity to work with a roster with so much potential is always a genuine pleasure. Um, And it really just then becomes our responsibility to find a way to take that potential and make it reality, right? Um, And that's a very, very exciting thing to be able to be involved in. I mean, just the lead up to the announcement was was kind of out of this world. You guys kept dropping hints on Twitter, and I'm just like, all right, I, I see what they're doing here. The, the the content creation side of things is is really kicking into high gear with Halo. So I can, I can tell that you guys are big on Halo, and it's 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 awesome to see that the games that you love kind of being part of what you work with. And so I'm I'm happy to hear that you guys were happy with the signings. I'm happy to hear that you guys are looking forward to this new Halo squad under the Torrent umbrella. So obviously. We, we got to talk about, you know, the immediate things to look out for with this new with a new team. Right. So I guess the first things first is Anaheim coming up like literally this weekend. And at, at by the time this, this podcast comes out, it'll be uh, weekends past. But what will you be paying attention to in this first Halo series? Is it going to be kind of like low expectations or like, hey, we, we signed you for a reason. We need you to kind of show out a little bit. Right. Yeah, uh, definitely not the latter. I would say it's much closer to the former there. Um The biggest thing that I'm concentrated on is whether or not we see the same team that we've had online for the past few weeks, right? Because again, they've only been together about three weeks as this formal four-man roster. And so do we get the same team that we had online in land environment? Because everything changes. The pressure, the environment, the dynamics, the communication, the stress, all of that gets amplified for a lot of individuals when you hit that land setting. And so it's whether or not that's kind of transcribing over effectively to the land environment. That matters the most. And to be frank, I would argue that I want to see that more on, the again, their interpersonal dynamic more than I do on their results. And fortunately, I would argue if that does translate to the interpersonal dynamic, it will translate over to the results. But even if they were to air quote underperform relative to where they have been, I would be much happier to see them underperform while being the same team that they were, because I think that that is more fruitful for them in the long run to display their capabilities and their success. And so it's really just, you know, whether or not anybody gets too emotional or maybe overreacts and starts panicking or the stress is just applying a little bit too much to themselves. Um, Those are the things I'm looking for is to ensure the same team that once was is here when it comes to the land environment. For sure. And so I guess uh, now that they're under this this torrent uh, organization, I mean, what kind of resources open up for them now that they have an, an official like organization backing them? Like, obviously, besides having the financial support from from, yeah. from your team is a big plus. But I'm sure there's other little things that people don't think about when you sign with a new organization. So I'm, I'm just wondering, how, how can you speak to those? Yeah. So, I mean, I think the easiest thing to point to is uh, we're already in conversations with a couple of different coaches that we're looking to provide for the roster. We think that, again, they have great opportunity and potential, but having a third party perspective to be able to help guide conversation and promote Honestly, those tough conversations I kind of hinted at before uh, is a very, very helpful thing that I think would only further the pace at which they kind of would find that improvement as a roster. So that's one of the 
first steps from our perspective that we would love to be able to implement with this group. But beyond that point, you know, there is the opportunity to help further their brands as individuals um, and help ensuring that they get that content support that they want and help making sure that they achieve a wider audience and level up their content on an individual level. And for all of them, again, because, you know, some of them are newer to the landscape, uh, we have a great opportunity to help provide for them to help ensure that their individual brands garner more traction within not only the halo landscape but hopefully the esports landscape overall for sure and so i'm I'm happy to hear these players have some kind of third party uh, guiding them like you mentioned because a lot of the times it's kind of confusing to be doing this on your own i i I hear from free agents in apex legends where they have issues finding uh, their third or finding a a decent coach and so to have a third party there i mean it can't it, it can't be said enough how helpful it is for a lot of these younger players a lot of these 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 unexperienced uh players if you will and so um, I guess beyond this this NA regional in Anaheim, what other factors are you looking at long term in order to gauge maybe success or maybe a, a bigger avenue for growth with this group? Well, I mean, I, I'm not sure exactly what factors you could be thinking of, whether it's from a content creation standpoint, whether it's from a, a prize money tournament, you know, generating a squad or anything of that nature. But what do you think you'll look for past uh, this weekend, if you will? Yeah, so I think there is always there's no such thing as like uh, obtaining the entire market when it comes to personal brand growth, right? So that always is going to be something we can do and we would be looking for development and growth for each of them, both again, as a unit and as a team, but then also on that individual level. So that's absolutely an area for that. But from where I sit, I'm primarily focused on trying to ensure that we get to further their capabilities as that team because Halo is such a team-oriented game, right? Like it is truly a game of almost testing more the weakest link than it is to find the strongest player possible. Nobody individually, typically, there are outlier moments, is the hard carry that just brings the team along. And it's ensuring that you have a well-balanced full unit that is more worried about really, you know, the name on the front of the jersey than the one on the back kind of situation. And so because of that, we're going to be looking to further through that coaching, through the support staff that we provide to make sure that the already existing components that show a lot of potential are only furthered and accelerated. And, you know, there's no there's no objective metric to immediately put on those things other than the end outcome and results. But fortunately and unfortunately, in any competitive environment, you can get better at some of those elements and it not always directly translate to those results, right? And because of that, I don't want to say, well, this is the result we're looking for because you can, you know, progress isn't linear. Mm -hmm. Um, And because of that, I don't want to say just objectively that if the results aren't there, we don't agree that that success is there. It's a little column A, column B, somewhat the results, but also what are we seeing in the comms, in the communication and within their team dynamic as a whole? I would say midterm, We're probably focusing on first just raising our floor to get a top 16 consistently, which fortunately we at least seemingly right now are already at that position. Then it's finding a way to begin challenging, you know, top 12 on a consistent basis and then into that top eight. And once we hit that threshold due to the length and duration at which Halo has existed, so many of these players have been in that top eight for a long period of time. There is going to be a big hurdle 
to overcome that gap. And once we start hitting that, I think it's us taking the time to really look at what are we doing? What are we doing right? And how can we start tackling on that mountain that is the top eight North American HCS? For sure. And Halo is is one of those legacy esports that's been around for 20 plus years. And so at this point, it's difficult to kind of figure out what exactly can change at some time. So obviously things can change all the time, but what's true today is not always true tomorrow. But um, for from your experience, obviously you've been commentating in a number of different esports scenes. And now that you're entrenched in the HCS, you guys have you have your own foothold in the, in the scene. How does the HCS differ does differ from other esports scenes in your opinion? I mean, obviously don't, you don't have to call out names or throw any any scene under the bus. But what what does the HCS offer that kind of you don't see all that often in other esports? Yeah, I would say absolutely the most outlier dynamic that exists within the HCS is the open system. Right? Mm-hmm. No one. No one owns a franchise slot and is insured uh, a position at an event. You have to qualify for those events continuously, which I think is a great asset specifically for any young individual who thinks that they have what it takes within a tournament. Um, I think a lot of people, you know, get humbled pretty quickly within open ecosystems because they recognize that what was them dominating in solo queue doesn't always mean you will when everybody's in comms and everybody's been practicing. But I also love ecosystems that are willing to give anyone and everyone an opportunity. Don't get me wrong. As an esport org, there is value in ensuring that like our investment has a solidified place. And like, I don't think that that's wrong to do so, but the level of openness that exists within Halo, I think is a very fruitful thing for any ambitious young individual who thinks that they have what it takes in the esports landscape. And I always admire landscapes that do a good job of promoting the young gun who has no idea what it like has no experience in the space hasn't done those things but gives them an easy opportunity find a group sign up and prove it um and i really love how halo has done that not only in the past but especially here in halo infinite for sure and speaking of halo infinite i gotta i guess i'll ask this for the the dreadnought personality side have you have you played halo Halo infinite a lot lately i'm sure you what are your thoughts on it so far (laughs) uh yeah i mean i adore it as a game again being halo 2 being the reason i got into esports i i love halo um uh, nothing is more satisfying than foreshadowing someone um and from my experience but uh the game overall i really do like i do enjoy Uh, what they have going for it. Obviously, I think there's a little bit of areas where a lot of the community has pointed out that there's areas that they can improve on. But, you know, every no game comes out flawlessly, number one. And number two, uh, this is the halo that is live service, right? And I think that opportunity for them to expand, grow, and fix any challenges and innovate in areas where maybe they haven't before is very, very exciting for the game and provides a lot of opportunity. And because of that, um, I'm very excited to see where it goes, specifically throughout the remainder of this year. But even into 2023, I think Halo Infinite has a lot of potential. So you're not saying no to a possibility of having to, you know, during one open qualify, maybe, you know, throwing your hat into be a reserve or a substitute or kind of, you know, hey, let's let's throw the VP of esports in the squad, see how he does. Right. You're, you're not you're not dying to, to get on that squad. Right, <laughs> man. If you asked me that question a few more years ago or a few years earlier, uh, the answer would have been I'm dying to find a way to get on a squad. <laughs> um, you know, I will never be able to turn off my desire to play games competitively. Um, I've accepted that by this window of time. Uh, you will never see me do it because. 
you know, I know that's not my place anymore within the landscape, at least not currently. And as long as I have this position, it very much won't be. Uh, but it would be an absolute lie to you and any listener out there to uh, say that I don't have that itch almost every day and almost any title that we're involved in. Um, I'm definitely not good enough. You know, uh, just because I can be an Onyx gamer doesn't mean that I am qualified to compete with some of these guys in the HCS. But uh I do love the game. I do love playing any of the games that we're involved in in a competitive manner because I want to understand what they were getting good at. You know, what are the problems of self-improvement within each game and each ecosystem? And I adore analyzing and studying video games. And I think the best way to do that is with firsthand experience. So um, I do it a little bit with every game. But yeah, absolutely. Halo has been my top played game out of any game over the past probably month, month and a half here. Wow. So just that desire to compete, I, I can tell you, it probably shows in how and how you kind of perform your job, and I, I can tell you're passionate about playing the game and kind of knowing what your players are up against, and obviously that that kind of lends itself to being a, a great, if not amazing, VP of esports. So, uh, Wade, I want to congratulate you again for signing a, a great squad. Wish you best of luck on this upcoming uh, HCS season. Of course, you can follow Wade at Wade Penfold on Twitter at Torrent HQ. We'll leave all the uh, the links in the podcast description below. Uh, Wade. Again, Again, I can't thank you enough for hopping on the show, man, and, and talking me through all the, the things happening for Wisdom, for Torrent, and of course, ha- happening for the, your new Halo franchise. Yeah, thank you very much again, Kevin, for having me. Um, it's a genuine pleasure, and uh, honestly, I, I look forward to the next time, if there is a next time, because it was a great time, so thank you for having me. For sure. We, we welcome you back with open open arms and then some. So, Wade Penfold, VP of Esports over at Wisdom Gaming, and I'm Kevin Correa right here on the Esports Network Podcast. 